Hey guys, welcome to the Tweet Coast Church Podcast. So glad that you could join us. Now prepare your hearts for another inspiring message from one of the Tweet Coast Church crew. We've been speaking around the thought of back to life. And really this series has been based around this man in the Bible called Lazarus, who was a friend of Jesus. In fact, a really close friend of Jesus. Lazarus and his two sisters, Martha and Mary, that just that seemed to have this special relationship. Lazarus wasn't one of Jesus' disciples, but he was just a friend. He, they loved each other. In fact, the Bible speaks about how Jesus was so moved, so grieved when Lazarus ended up dying. He was sick, and then he, he died. And in fact, we picked the story up where Lazarus is dead for four days. And on the way of Jesus going to where Lazarus was, because he was out of town, on the way to Jesus going to where Lazarus was, Lazarus' sister comes, Martha, and begins to speak with, with Jesus. And this is where we pick up the story. This is our text for today, John eleven twenty five. Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live, even after dying. And everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Mom? The end of the story goes like this. Well, not really the end of the story, but the next part of the story is that Jesus goes to the tomb where Lazarus was. Remember, four days, he's been dead. Dead, dead. You know, he's just not dead. He's dead, dead. It's a long time to be dead. Lazarus is in the tomb, and Jesus gets to the tomb, and he calls Lazarus out. He says, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus, <laughs> Lazarus comes back to life. Comes back to life and lives to tell the story of what it was like on the other side, possibly. So today, we're speaking about back to life. Turn the person beside you and say, YOLO. Go on. YOLO. You didn't say it, hum. I say, YOLO. Do you remember a few years ago, people would say that, you know, y- YOLO, you know, you only live once. You know, you only live once, YOLO. Oh, half of you going, oh, you guys need to get out a little bit, honestly. I mean, I'm not the cool, I'm not the sharp, I'm still in the shed, but even I know YOLO, come on. Some occasions that I've had people say YOLO is when, um, uh, you know, when somebody's been handed a chocolate bar, and that person is like reluctant to eat it, and the other person says, YOLO, come on, just smash that Snickers, come on, YOLO. The other time, another time when I was down the beach and saw some teenagers up on some rocks at Fingal, and I heard one boy yell at the other, YOLO, in other words, just jump, man, doesn't matter what's going to happen, you only live once. Uh, somebody else mentioned to a friend, you know, about a, a holiday that they were wondering, you know, whether they could afford it. The other person said, yeah, YOLO, you only live once. Uh, but according to the scriptures, for a Christian it's actually different because uh, for a Christian we actually live three times. <laughs> so you put that in like an acronym, it's a, a Christian only lives three times, which spells a cult, which we're not really into. So let's stick with YOLTS, all right, which is you only live three times, all right. Now turn the person to the side and say, YOLT. Come on, come on. 
I mean, it's good to live once, but three times is even better. Let me explain. Let me explain it. For me, I know I look 21. But I'm 43. Which means I was born in 1975. Any, any 75 children out there? Come on, that was a good year, I'm telling you. That was, oh, that was a good year. Come on, champion. 1975. And so that was when I was born. That was when I physically came to life. My mother's in the second row here. It was the best day of your life, I've heard you say before, when I was born. I mean, we don't tell the other siblings that, but it was the best. That's when physical life. We're all born here. That was physical life. That was your first life. But then when I was eight years old, something of the gospel of Jesus came alive within me. And then later again at 14 years of age, when I opened my heart up, not to a religion, but up, up my, opened my heart up to Jesus and receiving him, and I was born again. I was born again. Even at eight years of, of age, the message of Jesus can be so relevant, so practical, so powerful for your life, so revelatory, coming alive within you. And so that was the second life that I had. It was a spiritual life. And it was actually from that moment, that moment when I received Jesus into my life, that the third life began, which was eternal life was eternal life. And so my eternal life just doesn't begin when I'm like I'm hoping to go, when I'm 99 years of age and I look over to my wife of my youth, now 90, whatever you will be, then 95 you will be, and she says, I love you when we part, our hands part and I go up into the wild blue yonder into the heavens. That's not when the third part of my life begins, the eternal life. It actually began when I received the Lord Jesus Christ into my life. It's eternal life. It's now, and it's also not yet. You are believing in the Lord Jesus Christ today. Eternal life has begun within you. Eternal life has begun within you. It's now, and it's also not yet. Now, this is very significant with this passage of Scripture because yeah, the, the guys that recorded... Jesus' life and ministry, four guys in particular that were the disciples of Jesus, only one of them, which is John, records the, the message and the story of Jesus, of Lazarus rather, in this way. Like with great detail that Lazarus was a friend of Jesus, he died and Jesus went to the tomb and he rose from there. Why did John mention it and not the other writers? Well, John actually makes it clear in his writings. He says this in John 20, 31. But these things are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And watch this. And by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. And so it's believing in him. He's saying, this is why I've put the story of Lazarus in here, because I want you to realize that the story of Lazarus, although it's a true story of what happened, it's actually about you and I. 
that we are Lazarus, that we were that man, that we were that woman that was perishing, that was died. But Jesus came to the tomb of our life and says, Hummer, come out. <laughs> Hummer. And it's at the voice and response of Jesus that you said, come on, I'm getting out of this grave. And I'm also going to allow God to take off the grave clothes because he has got eternal life for me. For me. Bring us back to life, Jesus. That's our prayer. You see, when we were born, when you were born, your little body took on physical life. You came out and that midwife smacked your little tush-tush so that you could breathe. Took that breath. That's physical life. Turn to the person beside you and tell them the year that you were born. Even lie if you have to. Go on. Go right now. Go on. Tell them the year they were born. Okay. Now I know some of you lie, but that's all right. I gave you permission. And so that's when we took on the first life. We took on existence. But according to the scriptures, that we can actually exist and not live. That we can, according to the scriptures, we can actually exist, have oxygen going through our lungs, and yet not live. In fact, a, a guy was wrestling with this kind of teaching when Jesus was speaking about it. He, he was a he was actually a teacher of, of 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 the law. His name was Nicodemus, and Nicodemus is flipping out. Tell me more, Jesus. He said, and this is Jesus explaining it further about this new life in God. Jesus said, "You're absolutely right. Take it from me. Unless a person is born from above, it's not possible to see what I'm pointing to to God's kingdom." How can anyone, said Nicodemus, be born who's already been born and grown up? You can't re-enter the mother's womb and be born again. What are you saying with this? Born from above, Paul. Jesus said, you're not listening. Let me say it again. Unless a person submits to this original creation, the wind hovering over the water creation, the invisible moving the visible, a baptism into a new life, is not possible to enter God's kingdom. When you look at a baby, it's just that, a body you can look at and touch. But the person who takes shape within is formed by something you can't see and touch. The spirit and becomes living spirit. So today, because you're a believer in Jesus, you just didn't believe that there was a Jesus. You believe, you place your trust in Jesus. The Bible says that the Spirit comes within you and then you actually really begin to live. You really begin to live. You are breathing, but you begin to take on eternal life. You have taken on eternal life through Jesus. See, what did they do with Jesus? What did they do with Lazarus when he died? They, they buried him. That's what you do with dead we had a dead mouse at our house last year. And so we had very simple, after I'd squashed it in a mouse trap, a little simple funeral down by the beach. 
Because one of our girls in particular was upset that Daddy killed the little pet mouse that was running around the house. Eating all Daddy's cereal. <laughs> what? You bury, you bury dead things. As Christians, we recognize that what Christ, that without Christ, we were actually dead. We were actually dead without Christ. But you know what? It doesn't stop there. I love this scripture. It's so relevant for today. For we die and we're buried with Christ. By baptism, just as Christ raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Does it say when we get to heaven? No, now we also may live new lives in Christ. You see, today there's going to be some people that are going to go down into the waters of baptism. This is what this scripture is speaking about, that it's symbolizing what Jesus has done for them internally on the inside, that they were, we were all dead in our sins and transgressions, but it was God. But it was God's goodness and His grace that brought eternal life, brought resurrection life into our life today. When they come out of the waters today, symboling the resurrection of Jesus, what a powerful celebration that will be. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Come on. We've got to splash the song leader. Achoo! So cool. So I mean, we get excited. <laughs> you are wet. Sorry, man. I'm more particularly sorry for Vicky. I mean, we get excited about a new hair cut. We get excited about a new car. That smell of the leather. A new job. New house. A new uni course. We don't get so excited about that, but it's something that's on the cards. What about the new life in Christ? What about the new life in Christ? What about the new life in Christ, Christians, today? What a wonderful joy to know that our old life is gone. I don't, doesn't matter whether you got saved when you're eight. Or 88. The new life in Christ is to be celebrated, is to be honored, to be lived in the resurrection life of Jesus. Three things really quickly about this life. I mean, there's so many things I could mention. But what does this life look like? Well, number one, it's full. Number two, it's expected. And number three, it's eternal. It's full. Jesus himself said this. He said, you know what? I've come for this purpose. John 10, 10. The thief only comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I, Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. Have it to the full that there would be a, a fullness in your life. There'd be a fullness. One version says to life abundantly. Life overflowing. Life overflowing. Sometimes when my kids prepare their own breakfast, and they do that sometimes. You know, I come down and there's just like milk all over the table. Like, I'm not talking about a drop, Luke. I'm talking about like, oh, oh my gosh, like who exploded you know, in the fridge. And, and like, I know who's done it because there's a, yeah, there's a four-year-old in my house, you know. The 12-year-old, he can probably manage putting milk into his bowl by now. But the four-year-old, for a three-liter of milk, it's quite an effort to get it into your Thomas the Tank bowl in the morning. 
But you, and, and so I come down and I'll typically say, well, who did this? I know who it is. Sheep is my little Caleb. Says, it was me, Dad. I don't necessarily go crook. I say, okay, why don't you ask your brother? Well, what has he done? He's actually poured into that bowl and then he's tipped that three-liter container up and he just kept tipping. He spoke to his sister about the butterflies and about the Broncos being the best footy team in the world. And, and so that was a long conversation. So we just kept on talking. And then it's just like overflowed all over the table. God bless you, it's cotton socks. I just, I, just love, I just love that because the life of Jesus is about God pouring, 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 pouring. He's such a generous God. He's such a generous God. He hasn't held anything back. Look, he didn't hold his own son back. In fact, he sent him. That's how generous he was, that he loves you so much, that he continually wants to pour in your life. Today, if you're feeling half full or quarter full or just empty, know that, you know what, God just wants to fill you. And he's a God that wants to fill you to overflowing. It might be joy. It might be peace. It might be purpose. Can I remind you today, maybe you're a Christian and you're still feeling half full. His plan is to fill you fresh. Fill you fresh to full life to the full he promised. Amen? I love that for me. It wasn't, you know, when I go down and see the milk on the table, I know that somebody's done it. I mean, it's not a little, you know, fairy walk in there and, you know, accidentally spilt milk. It's a person. Can I suggest to you that the same one that fills the milk to overflowing is a person? Is this, In the same way, there's a person connected to the one that wants to fill your life. And it's not a religion. It's God, the person of God, the person of God. We don't come to him like a Santa Claus. We come to him like a, a savior and say, Savior, I draw close to you. Come and fill my life because I don't want to live this life empty. This is a promise for you. This is a promise for you, friends, not only in the Western church. I would say the same thing if I was speaking to a, per, a group of persecuted Christians, that God has life to the full for you. Life to the full. Because it's not dependent on tithes. Time or taxes, anything that the world gives you. It is the joy of the Lord that is your strength. Where does it come from? The joy of the Lord is your strength. It's the peace of God. It comes from Him. It's purpose in God. It's Him. The second thing I love about the life that God has given us is that it's expectant. It's expectant. Ask the person beside you, are you expecting something? And if they happen to have a really round belly, you know you've hit the money. You, you know you hit it. So good. See, this is what happened to Martha. Martha's coming to Jesus saying, Jesus, you missed out. You could have helped my brother. You could have prayed over him. I've seen you heal all other people. You could have done this. Jesus is like, hey, Martha, do you believe that I can raise people from the dead? That I'm the resurrection and the life? And she's like, of course, Jesus, you can. I believe there'll be a day out in the future where, you know, people that believe in you will rise from the dead. And Jesus is like, 
Arthur, I don't think you understand. Your hope is not just on the horizon. <laughs> Your hope is right now. <laughs> and that's where he says, I'm the resurrection and the life, Mark. Whoever believes in me, they'll not die, but they'll have eternal life. You know, sometimes we can be like that. Our hope can be on the horizon in the sweet by and by. But I'm here to tell you that our hope is not just on the horizon, and it is, but our hope is right now. Can I speak over your life today that whatever you, wherever you're at in life, there is hope right now. There is hope. Yes, the promise is for the future, but the promise is for right now. Are you expecting God? Are you expecting something in your life because He wants to reshape your hopes radically? He wants to radically reshape your hopes and your dreams. Please don't be a Christian without hopes. Please don't be a Christian without dreams. Please don't be a Christian without expectation because God wants you to get your hopes up. <laughs> Maybe your hopes have been dashed because of people or places or things or items and that will happen. But please look under Jesus who will never, ever let you down. Put your hopes, put your trust on Him. Look under Him today. <laughs> Look under him today. You see, when the New Testament writers spoke of the cross, they spoke of God's love. But when they spoke of the resurrection, they spoke of God's power. You put that equation together, that we are worshipping a God that loves us and is powerful. That says to me that you can have a hope-filled expectation of the future because he's held nothing back he loves you and he is all powerful today can you please put your hands together and give god some praise come on art simon now this is the last one i've got to finish up really quick is he is eternal i haven't got time to go into this today but I just wanted to remind you of those things that god the life that god has for us is full it's expected and it's eternal now, this is possibly what we don't think about regularly, possibly even for myself, not as much as we should, that the life that God, the work that God has done in us is eternal. Really, this is just like the change room to the real game. Come on, somebody. That, that, that when we walk on that, that field of eternity, that's the real thing. Maybe we don't think about it enough. And probably why the gospel, the apostle Paul several times says, you know, think about heaven. Think about eternal things. This is him speaking in Romans 6.23. He says, work hard for sin your whole life and your pension is death. That's your reward. He's speaking about working. But watch this. It's the opposite of working. It's just receiving. But God's gift is real life. Real life. Sounds full. Sounds expected. And eternal life. Delivered by doing a lot of good stuff. I delivered as a gift. Here, I'm here to deliver your gift. Just sign. It's been paid in full. I haven't got the money, Jesus. I haven't got. No, it's been paid in full. Just, just, re just receive. As a Christian, you never stop receiving. You got to be good at giving because we give to our community, to our loved ones. But you've got to be just as good as receiving from heaven.
If you're trying to earn your way to heaven, trying to earn your lucky stars or stripes, you'll, you'll never, you'll never reach it. But just by faith, receive. You're always in the place of receiving from Him. God, I'm receiving your joy today. I'm receiving your word. I'm receiving your hope today. It was the brilliant philosopher of philosophy at London University, C.E.M. Jode, was not a Christian. He was asked on a radio program, if you could meet any person from the past and ask them just one question, who would you meet and what question would you ask? Professor Jowett answered without hesitation, I would meet Jesus Christ and ask him the most important question in the world. Did you or did you not rise from the dead? There came a day in Professor Joad's life when he assessed the evidence, encountered Jesus himself, and wrote a book called Recovery of Belief. If Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, this changes everything. This changes everything. Not only your eternity, but you're right now. Not only you're not yet, but you're now. It changes everything. Everything. Can I pray over us today? Can I pray over us today? Lord Jesus, I thank you today that in your presence, right from even the start of the service today, you've been speaking, you've been ministering to us because you love us, you're for us, you're not against us. Father, we need your life. We need... You as our Savior in our lives today. And Father, I know that your word has gone forward. And Father, whether we're Christians, long-time believers, or we still haven't made a decision of faith, Lord God, I know that you've been speaking to our hearts today to receive your life, Lord Jesus, to receive you in a brand new way this morning. You are the author of life. You are the resurrection and the life. Pray for the life of heaven to enter every compartment of our lives. Even those places where things, where the pulse is going slow or, Father, where things have died. And I thank you, Lord God, you'll go into every compartment and you'll bring things back to life. You'll bring dreams and hopes back to life that you'll breathe upon people's lives and dimensions, Father, even right now by your Spirit. Speak that over your people today in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you are touched by God's Word. If you would like to know more about Tweed Coast Church, please visit tweedcoastchurch.com.au.